All right. How y'all doing? Anybody having a good summer? All right. Just want to welcome you. Glad you're here with us today. Welcome you here at Long Point and the different venues here. Welcome you at our, our campuses. And one thing I wanted to mention is our West Ashley campus is uh, doing their first service in their newly renovated auditorium. So let's just give the Lord a hand for that. And we welcome everybody that's joining us online. And uh, y'all do realize that when we do church, there's people literally all over the world that are joining us online. And uh, that's just kind of cool. Uh, did you enjoy the At The Movie series we did last, ended last week? All right, good deal. How many of you went out and watched some of the movies? I actually, we did. We, uh, we, uh, we, we enjoyed it. Of course, we're kind of movie buffs, you know. Well, this is what we call a standalone, meaning we're between series. And uh, the cool thing about it, these are really my favorites, because, uh, you know, maybe not the right word to use, but I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a, the L word, I'm a little bit lazy. And I, I thought, you know, let's just pick a subject that's just easy for me to do. So I thought, you know, I'm going to pick a subject that's in my sweet spot that I can just hit out of the park with, without a whole lot of stress. Um, how many of you ever pictured something in your mind a certain way? And it just didn't play out the way you saw it. Say yes if you've ever had that happen. <laughs> All right. Well, I had the week from, I'll spell it for you, H-E-L-L. And uh, you'll see it really plays into the message. And I'm actually going to read a little bit more than I probably normally would because two reasons. One time, because I really got some stuff on the back end that I really believe God's going to use to help you. And I don't want I, I to get my heart too off track. So I, like I said, I had one of those moments this week that didn't go the way. I saw it in my mind and it sent me into a downward spiral or a dark hole. And uh, it's always helpful to minister out of your life experience, but I'd rather not do it like I did this week. I planned on speaking on chasing sunshine and that was just a cute way that I wanted to say learning to manage your emotions, you know, create your own weather, chasing sunshine, whatever. Forgive me for my corniness. You know, the at the movie series is over, so I could speak anything I wanted. I was excited all week long putting my message together. And things were going great until 2 o'clock Thursday afternoon. And it's what we call the message run-through. And what happens is whoever's speaking for the weekend, if they're one of the staff here, you come in this room at 2 o'clock on Thursday, and there's usually anywhere from 6, 8, 10 to 15 people, you know, scattered around out here, and in this room, and it's live, mic'd, video, whatever you're doing, you do the service exactly the way you're going to, you preach your message exactly the way you're going to do it. So, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I picked a subject that's just a sweet spot for me, and I'm thinking, oh man, these guys are going to love it. And about halfway through, I could tell they had completely checked out. There was one gentleman sitting in the center, I, I doubt he's here today because he's here last night, gentleman named Tim, and I'm just naming him so if you see him, you would please beat him up for what I'm about to tell you. But he, how many, how many of you know some people can't hide what they're feeling? Well, this, this dude, I'm halfway through my message, and he's literally like looking around the room like, like and I could tell he, I totally lost them. And I started to, you know, I'm in the middle of my message, so I thought, well, i got to finish it so at least we can figure out what went wrong. I could tell something went wrong. So we get through, and before I even let them respond, I said, okay, let me just start by saying, I know I lost y'all. 
And, and these are wonderful people. They're very kind. Even Tim, I'm picking on him. But it was very gracious input, but it was very clear that the message, the way I had put it together, just wasn't going to fly. And, you know, whatever. I've been doing this a while. I, I, you know, I didn't really think it was going to be that big a deal. I go home, and I start reworking my message a bit. And um, somewhere around, this was Thursday, right? So somewhere that afternoon, I, I started to feel this, this weird thing coming on me. And little did I know, I was ambushed. I began to feel tightness in my chest. I began to feel tingling in my arms. My thoughts began to race out of control. How many of you have ever had your thoughts race out of control? Did, was it ever saying nice things to you? Isn't that crazy? My thoughts are going, and it's all awful, awful thoughts. I actually ran into someone I have not seen in almost two decades. And I ran into someone who, who, let me read it the way I wrote it if I can find it. The bottom line is I ran into someone who was insecure, worried all the time, had this little dark cloud that followed him around everywhere he went. Anybody know who I'm talking about? I ran into the old version of me. I started to have all these crazy things going on. Anybody know? Anybody yell out what was happening to me? What do you call that? I was having an anxiety attack. Dude, I'm talking a full-blown, shut down, my mind out of control anxiety attack. And I sat there and I thought, God, I was doing everything I could, but my mind was just gone. I said to my darling wife, I said, baby, I said, I don't think I can speak this weekend. I can't speak feeling like this. And my wonderful wife was so supportive, so loving. She, 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 she did just this cool, tight balance between I love you and I'll go with any decision you make, but you can do this. You can do this. So Thursday night, I'm thinking, I, I can't do this. But we made a, we made a decision, and we said, um, let me sleep on it. And see if I feel any better in the morning. And I'm, how many of you, how many of you, how many of you, I, I, I cannot say it enough. I felt bad. I'm talking bad. I was crying uncontrollably. It was like a total emotional meltdown. So I went to bed that night, woke up the next morning. How many of you know what I mean when I say I cracked one eye? You know, you ever wake up anticipating something? So I cracked one eye, kind of like looking around, is it here? And I made it about three minutes. And it came roaring back. And I was, I mean, tingling in my arms, my heart racing, my thoughts racing. It was awful. I felt so helpless. But I felt so ashamed. I felt so weak. I felt, ugh, it was awful. And I said, darling, i got to call Josh Surratt and tell him I can't speak. This is Friday morning. He just had a baby. This Josh is moving. I'm thinking, I am really going to mess some people up. And I'm, I'm just a mess. And so I said, my, me and my wife's doing the same thing. So I said, all right, I'm going to wait till 9 o'clock and see if I feel any better. 9 o'clock comes. I don't feel any better. I'm holding my phone in my hand. 
well, I, I, I got to make this call. What I was going to do is call Josh and ask if I could come over to his house and talk to him. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to call Philip. And Philip Miles is a pastor friend of mine up in Conway, and we've known each other for between 20 and 30 years. And quite honestly, I've walked with him through some things similar to this. And so I called him. And guess what he did? The same thing my wife did. He said, Chipper, you can do this, man. You can do this. Now, he didn't shame me for what I was feeling. Say yes if you heard that. He didn't talk to me like I was some kind of loser for what was happening. How many of you know life's a tricky thing? It's a tricky journey. So what he did was he found this interesting tension between do what you got to do, man. You'll be, you'll be okay. They'll be okay if you have to not speak. Do what you got to do. But God will be there for you. You can do this. So it was just enough. Honestly, I don't know how I still didn't make the call. I don't remember now. But I didn't. My emotions had a mind of their own. Took me on a trip I didn't want to go on. It was not fun. To be honest with you, I still feel fragile from it. But with the help of God, my wife, and this very long-standing friend who has weathered some storms himself, we were able to challenge the tornado of emotions and get me headed back toward normal. Now, what's my explanation of what happened? Here's an interesting one for you. Why this week? Was it a coincidence that it happened the very week that I was going to speak on managing your emotions? Isn't that crazy? I mean, in the middle of it, I'm like, God, really? Are you kidding me? I'm going to get up and talk to them about how to manage their emotions, and mine are just gone. They're just AWOL. The truth is, I was going to address the topic from a place of safe, consistent victory. I was going to give information and insights from books and things that I've studied. But it would not have come with the intense insight that the pain from my past and this week brought back with a vengeance. And you know what I realized as I started to come out of it and get back to being a little bit closer to who I am myself? I realized that I had stopped doing the very things we're going to talk about today. I realized that in the last stretch of life, I had stopped practicing the things that the Lord had taught me that had brought me such fruitfulness. So, how many of you agree emotions are wonderful things? Say yes if you think they're awesome. I mean, we, they bring color into a black and white world. But how many of you would also agree they can be challenging, disruptive, and downright destructive? How many of you know someone, I know it's not you, but how many of you know someone that struggles with some emotional response or cycle that disrupts their life in some way? Raise your hand. Know a family or a person or whatever. Emotions are tricky deals. So what did I get out of this patch of unpleasant stormy weather? There's several things. As I came out of it on Friday, there's several things the Lord talked to me about. Let me just give you a couple. The Lord showed me that I have some unprocessed toxic emotions connected to situations from the past that I was pretending don't bother me. Situations with friends or families members 
that haven't worked out the way I hoped they would, that I didn't and don't understand. Anybody relate to that? The Lord showed me that I was not being honest with myself and with him about some disappointments over the years and how they affected my trust in him. I had a very dear friend of mine who God was using supernaturally to change people's lives. He ministered on the Father's love. And it was amazing how God would touch people in his meetings. He had a one-year battle with cancer and died. And God and I are going to have to have a chat about that. I'm like, God, are you kidding me? Why did that happen? And it shook me. And God showed me Friday that it affected the way I pray. It affected how I would, when somebody would bring a prayer to me and I'd go to pray for it, I had this little hesitation. Yeah, but God, you didn't, you didn't do that. Yeah, but God, you didn't do that. And it just made me hesitate. And then the third thing he showed me was I was not honoring the way he made me and you, honestly. And I wasn't living as a good steward of my life rhythms and energy. Now, I'm, I'm not a type A person. If you're around me at all, you'll know I'm usually late to meetings. Uh, don't call me early in the morning because I'm going to, I might lie and say I was up, but I probably wasn't. My favorite way to start the day is sitting in bed with a cup of coffee, reading a book. How long? I don't know, three o'clock in the afternoon sound good? <laughs> now, I love what I do, but I've never worked so hard in my life. I love what I do. I am so honored to be on this staff at this amazing church. I love you guys. I love this church. I love these guys I get to work with. I love Pastor Greg and Debbie. I watch him minister, and I say, you know, I like that dude. You know, I watch him speak, and I'm like, you know, I like him. I just like the way his heart works and his head works. I love what I'm doing. But, man, I'm telling you what. I've never worked so hard in my life. Now, some of you might be saying, really, dude? We've been wondering about that. <laughs> All right, here's what you got to understand. Nobody did this to me. I did. No one did this to me. I did. Now, let me say a little caution here. I'm not talking about physiological life stuff. So anybody who, make sure you're careful. And I'm not talking about the events of life that just run you over like a steamroller. I'm talking about the 80 or 90% of life that just rolls by and we deal with. I'm the one who wasn't managing and processing this stuff well. All right, why am I doing this? Why am I sharing this experience with you? Why don't I just, you know, blow past it, do my message? Why am I doing it? I have two reasons. One, let me tell you the second one so I don't forget. The, the, the second reason I, I wanted to share this is I've got some practical things that we're going to talk about in just a minute. But let me tell you the first reason I wanted to share my story. There are individuals and families in this room, in all of our campuses, online watching right now, that are being affected by issues and emotions, and they need to know that we're here for them. Can anybody say yes to that? More importantly, they need to know that God hasn't forgotten them, and he's here for them. They're carrying burdens and enduring struggles that involve children, parents, finances, health, that drain their emotional and spiritual resources. And oftentimes, that's what causes these emotional spinouts. 
that were just depleted. They often feel isolated, helpless, and ashamed. And I want to make sure they know, you know, that you're not isolated, you're not helpless, and you don't need to feel ashamed. And at the end of the service, we're going to pray for you. But what I want to do now is my second reason. I want to share some things that we've learned over the years that are true and helpful, but not always easy. Now, I want you to remember what I said earlier. Every one of these, I was violating. I was not doing what I knew to do. Let's look at a scripture in Galatians chapter 5. Really cool scripture. But the fruit of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit produces in us. Let's read it together. But the fruit of the Spirit, read it with me. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, read it real slow, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Wouldn't you like to be known for that? Wouldn't you love, you know, we line 10 people up and say, hey, what do you think of Brother Doodad here? Oh, he's full of joy. He's full of love. He's full of, wouldn't that be cool? But here's the deal. There's not one of us in this room that is full of all that stuff all the time. Can anybody say, oh, me to that one? Be awesome if it was. I got a couple that's going to come up and help me. And uh, y'all come on up here. And uh, we're going to talk about some stuff. Now, I'm going to give you four thoughts as we, you know, the practical meat of what we're here to talk about. It's all going to come out of this little skit, if you will, that we're about to walk through. Everything I'm about to tell you is going to happen right up here on stage. And it'll really help you if you... Why don't you come this way just a little bit? It'll re- unless they told you to stand over there. <laughs> It'll really help you if you let it. So here's the deal. This is Billy Bob and Mary Lou. Now, I know you know that's not their name, but right now they're going to act real Billy Bobish and Mary Lou-ish. So Billy Bob's at, uh, on his drive home from work, and he's not had a great day. Billy Bob's about to say his name. Billy Bob's going to read what he's thinking. Say thinking. He's going to read what he's thinking, meaning he's not saying this out loud, but he's saying it to himself as he rides home from work. Man, Bo, I'm tired of working so hard and not being recognized for it. My boss doesn't appreciate me. I'm spending longer hours at work and have less to show for it. I'm going to start doing just enough to get by like everyone else. Now, how's he feeling? Driving home, is he feeling excited, connected? thrilled with his life? What kind of energy does he bring through the door when he comes in? All right. How many of you have a favorite chair? What for most guys, what's next to that favorite chair? Remote. Nobody ever gets that wrong. (laughs) So Billy Bob comes in, flops down in his favorite chair and grabs the remote. So here, a little while later, is Mary Lou talking, thinking, talking to herself, thinking. She's not saying this out loud, but Mary Lou's going to read what she's thinking just a little while after Billy Bob's gotten home. There he goes again, straight to the TV to zone out. I can't believe he's so selfish. Doesn't he realize the kids and I need some of his time and attention? I'm not going to put up with this much longer. He better start appreciating me. All right, how's she feeling? Happy, excited, honored to be his wife, 
thrilled, planning all kinds of good stuff for him that evening. Ain't, you know, not likely. So as the evening plays out, here's Billy Bob and what he's thinking later. Here we go again. Now I've got to listen to Mary Lou tell me all the things that I'm not doing for her and the kids. I'm not appreciated anywhere. She should understand that I work hard and I'm drained when I get home. I just need some space to regroup and recharge my batteries. Now, how's their evening going? Are they going to put a star on their calendar? All right, million-dollar question. Who did that to them? Million-dollar question. Who did that to them? Let me hold the mic, please, sir. Hold that down around you. All right. I don't think I told you this at the front, and I'm so sorry. Trash your notes, by the way. Uh, when, I, when I had to do the redo, the notes just weren't going to fly. Now, the last four statements in your notes, I'm going to be sort of close to, but not too close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the deal. Who did that to them? You are never going to get your emotions where you want them to go unless you do one simple thing. Own your emotions. They're in your circle. How many of you know there's this weird space that if you get too close to somebody and talk, it feels creepy? You know what I mean? Well, I want you to imagine that all of us have like a hula hoop around us. And that sort of identifies that space around us that is kind of like our space. Now, here's what I want to get you to think about. Everything, everybody in this room has a hula hoop around them. You do, I do, everybody. All right? Here's Billy Bob and Mary Lou. Everything inside your hula hoop is your responsibility. Everything inside your hula hoop. Everything inside Billy Bob's hula hoop is whose responsibility? Everything inside Mary Lou's uh, hula hoop is whose responsibility? All right, listen to this. Tell her you me. You make me mad. <laughs> Say it like you mean it. You make me mad. <laughs> All right. Wh where, listen to me now. What did he just do? He just made her responsible for his anger. Oh, listen to this. Where's his anger? Inside his circle. Who's responsible for everything inside his circle? You make me mad. Whether you want to, mean to, or even know you're doing it, listen to these three words. Always run together. Responsibility, authority, and power. Responsibility, authority, and power. Whoever carries the responsibility has the authority and power. You make me mad. What Billy Bob's doing is giving her the responsibility. Therefore, whether he means to or not, what? The authority and power to control him. Here's what you've got to do. Reject a victim mindset. Whoa, dude, what are you talking about? Thank you, guys. Put that down there if you would, please. What do you mean reject a victim mindset? Here's how a victim talks. Why do they keep doing that to me? A victim always believes their problem is outside of themselves and if the people and things around me would just behave the way I need them to, I would feel better. Here's the problem. If you give responsibility for whether you're mad, glad, or sad to things outside of your circle, they will control you for the rest of your life. One thing I've learned is this. The freedom to make choices is power. 
If you give up the freedom to choose, you have no power. If you believe you don't get to choose how you feel, you're going to feel powerless to manage your emotions. All right, let's go on to point two because I want to give you some tricks on how to do that. Don't let the ants ruin your picnic. Now, I'm going to do something with the word ants in just a minute. Don't let the ants ruin your picnic. What is the working relationship between thinking, feeling, and acting? Which one controls the other? Now, remember Billy Bob and Mary Lou. Thinking, feeling, acting. Billy Bob was thinking in a depressive, negative way, which made him feel sad and disillusioned, unhappy, miserable, whatever. So how did he act toward his wife and family? Thinking, feeling, acting. Let me give you one change. Billy Bob's driving home and he says, you know what, God? I'm really not happy in my job. But you know what? It pays the bills. And you know what, God? I think you have something better for me. And I'm going to trust you. But you know what? In the meantime, I'm going to go to work every day as if I work for you. And I'm going to go today every, go to work every day and I'm going to give my best to it. But God, I really do trust that you'll get me out of that. But you know what? For now, God, I'm done with work. I'm going to go enjoy this amazing wife you gave me, the second best gift you've ever given me, Jesus being the first. And I'm going to go home and be a blessing to my family. Now, is he feeling any different? Is he acting any different when he walks through the door? Million dollars, man. What changed? All that changed is what he was thinking. And thinking is just talking to yourself. All that changed was the way he was talking to himself. Let's look at a couple scriptures. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, For as he thinks within himself, so he is. As he thinks, thinking is what? Talking to yourself. As he thinks within himself, so he is. How many of you talk to yourself? Honestly, raise your hand if you talk to yourself. How many of you are conscious of it all the time? Probably not, but you're never not talking to yourself. Say yes if you agree with that. You know, sometimes you ask Bubba, hey, Bubba, what you thinking? Nothing. Is it possible to think nothing? Now, I know you've probably met a few people that your answer would be yes, but <laughs> don't point them out, please. Is it possible to think nothing? No. But is it possible to think stuff that you're not purposefully directing. Guess what? That's what we call an automatic thought. Are most of your automatic thoughts usually positive or negative? Hence the ants. Ants are automatic negative thoughts. How many of them do we have? Hundreds a day. Hundreds a day. Most of you sitting in this room have a radio station playing in the background of your soul that's just talking all the time, and at least 60 to 70% of the time, is it being nice to you? No. It's telling you what a loser you are, 
why people don't like you. They're not going to like you. You're not going to get that job. What do you think you are getting that job? Who do you, why do you think God would use you? Who, you're not going to live at that. You're never going to have that house. You, you, you couldn't afford that car. You wouldn't look good in that dress. You follow me? And it's back there, just chipping away at you all the time. Now, if we can back up to Romans 12.2, look at Romans 12.2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you say it one time. Think. Thinking is really what? Talking to yourself. God forbid, what if you learned to be nice to yourself? What if the reason your emotions go where they go more often than not is not because of what other people do or don't do, but it's because of the way you talk to yourself about yourself? What are you saying, dude? What if you're the one messing up your day? What if you're the one taking yourself to places emotionally that you really don't want to go. I believe every one of us has two to three what I would call core master lies. I believe every one of us has two to three phrases that torture our soul. One of my big one was, you're lazy and you'll never amount to anything. My father used to say that to me. And so as I got into adult life, I just didn't think I had a right to succeed at anything. And I didn't for quite a while. Until God helped me see that I'm not lazy, I'm just laid back. <laughs> Why is that funny? That was not the right place to laugh. Now, let me explain. I'm hurt. No, I'm kidding. What do I mean? I've made my living, if you will. My real core ministry is listening to people in their pain. How many of you think being laid back is probably kind of helpful? God, I had a moment where God showed me he made me this way. And it, it busts through all that static of that automatic negative stuff. And I had this moment where I said, wait a minute, God, you like me like this? You like me kind of chilled and I like to move slow and get kind of nervous when you make me hurry you like me this way oh chipper i couldn't send my children to you to talk about what their hurts if you weren't wired like you are now you know what that did for me it helped me learn to say nice things to myself i beg you guys ask god to help you find those core lies that are buried in your soul. All right, number three, slow down regularly and quiet yourself on the inside and the outside. Here's the deal. There's a part of your brain that's always looking for things that could hurt you. And some of us, it's more active than others, whatever. But all through your day, you're picking up like this static negative energy. You've got to have a way you discharge that. If not, it builds up and it bites people. 
So you've got to figure out. I remember my wife and I were talking, and it came back to me when, when, uh, back when we were first married. I was a school teacher, and I taught physics and chemistry at Berkeley High School down in Monk's Corner. And um, uh, we had this little routine. And every day when I'd come home from school, I would, we had three kids. I would go straight to my room, and I would get 15 to 30 minutes to discharge, to discharge my day. I would take 15 to 30 minutes to just go in the bedroom alone and just let my day process through my soul and just let the, the tension of the day leave. And then I would come out of that room like I was starting a fresh day with my wonderful wife and children. And it taught me to learn to do that. Let me give you a couple practical tools. Let's look at a scripture. Psalms 46.10. Let's read this together. Be still and know that I'm God. Be still. How many of you know it's getting harder and harder to do that in our culture? Be still and know that I'm God. Three practical tools. I'm going to give you two. Never mind. Two practical tools. I don't have time for the third one. One is meditative prayer. Find some way that you develop a time you spend with God that's not reading a list of things you need or telling what a lousy loser you are and repenting for all the mistakes you've made. Find a way, get around some people that can help you learn how to spend 15, I'm telling you, 15 minutes with God where you just let the tension roll off of you. I'm telling you, some of you would change your life. And then the second thing you might try is a gratitude exercise. Here's what you do. How many of you agree that our minds have a negativity bias? How many of you agree that we tend to think negatively? Say yes if you agree. All right. Here's a way to help push that the other way. For three weeks, three times a day, for three weeks, three times a day for three weeks, you stop wherever you are and you think about three things you're grateful for. Three times a day for three weeks, you stop. You know, God, I thank you for my wonderful wife. I thank you for that cool car I get to drive. I thank you for whatever. And then you're at work around lunchtime. And in that context, you force yourself to think about three things you're grateful for. You know, God, we got a pretty bathroom. (laughs) Maybe that's all you can come up with. We make good coffee. I don't know. But listen to me. I, t- I promise you, if you would do that for three weeks, three times a day, three things, some of you would find the, the flavor of your mind finding its way to positive more quickly and easily. It really, really, really works. All right, the fourth thing I want to tell you is build a loving support system and get the help that you need. Build a loving support system, get the help that you need. A key thought is the healing power of community. I tell you with absolute confidence, if you were to get around reasonably healthy people on a regular basis and nothing else changed, you would get healthier. God made you to thrive when you're around people. We have a small group ministry at every one of our campuses Go to the, the, the booth or kiosk and, and ask about it. Get involved or start one yourself. 
Find someone to talk to. And if you're struggling with some emotion, find someone to talk to, even if it has to be a professional. Work through your stuff. And then a really important thought I want to add is this. Occasionally, medication is necessary. Now, why am I bringing that up? Because we just are weird. We're weird. How many, of you, how many of you know the brain is just an organ? How many of you have a stomach? How many of you have a heart? Not sure. How many of you have a lung, a leg, arm? How many of you know the brain is an organ just like every other organ? Well, you know what? I take Prilosec for my stomach. I take Zocor for my cholesterol. Why don't we take medications? Because different parts of our body are not properly working at the job God gave them. Why is it so hard to believe that can happen to the brain? The brain moderates your emotional responses and moods. Why do we have such a hard time believing sometimes it doesn't work well? And there are precious people in this room and in our campuses right now that are dealing with a brain that doesn't do their emotions well. They might deal with depression, anxiety, bipolar, all kinds of things. And you know what? The kindest, most helpful thing for them is medication. Now, often, listen, it's temporary and should almost always be accompanied by some form of counseling. But we got to work on our attitude about medication in this area. Can anybody say yes to that? All right, let's look at one more verse as we close this morning. And now, dear brothers and sisters, let's read it together. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Isn't that a great scripture? Let me pray for you guys. Father, we love you this morning, sir. And I, I'm confident, I wish this weren't true, but I know there's people in this room and on our campuses and on the internet right now that are struggling with emotional issues that struggle with responses they have, cycles they have, just the, the debris in their life from emotions that don't function the way they wish they did. Lord, I pray for every one of these wonderful people. And sir, I ask you, make your presence real to them right now. Father, let them know you're there. You're not ashamed of them. You're not mad at them. And lead people into their lives that can gently lift their soul and bring hope and encouragement. And God, we would even ask for a miracle that you would supernaturally break the power of destructive emotional cycles in individuals and families. And we thank you for it, sir. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.